0: Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today we're going to talk about how God helps us see more clearly. Let's get started. Ouch! What are you doing? Hey, I didn't ask for this. Man, that stings. Well, here's this guy born blind. He's never seen anything, anytime, anywhere. He's probably been parked there on the street by parents or friends to beg for coins or handouts. But you know what? He's not complaining. He doesn't know anything else, really. And then comes his time, an appointment with his creator. Along comes Jesus with his disciples. And before you know it, they're pursuing a perplexing issue. Why was this man born blind? Now, either they knew him or someone local filled them in because there's no record of this fellow explaining his state of being born that way. In any event, the situation was a theological hot button, for the rabbis taught that if such was the case— Either the man sinned in the womb, yeah, believe that, and thus deserved blindness, or else his parents sinned, such that the fruit of their folly was to pass blindness on to their child. So the disciples asked, Rabbi, that was a title used by the Jews to address their teachers. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, you can check out John chapter 9 for this story. You see, just as the only thing this blind fellow knew was darkness, all the disciples could fathom was what the rabbis offered. Either this man sinned or his parents. That's all they knew. And it was a kind of darkness as well, spiritual darkness. Now, they were curious, what would Rabbi Jesus say? So, what Christ, Jesus replied, must have just zapped them. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Whoa, they might have thought, no one sinned? Lord, you mean this guy's been blind his whole life? He's begged in the streets? He's been unwelcome in the synagogue? All so God's works can be seen? Hmm, if I were there... That's probably what I would have thought. You mean his pitiful state is somehow God's work? That doesn't add up, Rabbi. What about cause and effect? In some ways, the disciples were just as blind as this man, but perhaps even at a disadvantage, for at least the blind man knew he was blind. Now, the Old Testament scriptures contain promises that the Messiah would open the eyes of the blind, and Jesus did that numerous times. But I submit that as great a miracle as it is to physically heal, spiritual blindness is far more consequential, and to be healed of that is far more noteworthy. Typically, though, we are so blind to the world that we undervalue it and tend to interpret God's ways, his works and his wonders, only in the context of the here and now. It's all we know. We were born into it, after all. In this way, we were born blind as well. When God's word says that he will, quote, do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, you know what? Our minds tend to first consider temporal blessings. When we read that he is, quote, he who heals all our diseases. Well, we first figure that that means now, here in this life. We sometimes hear the pragmatists among us lightly referring to eternity as, all oh, the sweet by-and-by or as pie in the sky. But frankly, many of us only understand the Word of God in the context of the temporal. That is, until we Get mud in our eyes. And that's just what Christ did. Listen up. Like you, I've heard a lot of good guesses as to why Jesus made mud with his spit and rubbed it into this man's eyes. He could have spoken the command. He could have said, now see, or perhaps just gently touched him or used any other more, should I say, dignified way to do this miracle? But no. For this guy, he made mud, spit, and dirt. Wow. That must have stung something awful. I mean, I get one spick of dust in my eyes, and I know it right away. But two points jump out at us. First, it was certainly a pragmatic way to ensure that this man, who might not have done so otherwise, would obey Christ's command to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Hmm. And why spit? Well, I'll suggest that as the spit came from Christ's mouth, so too do the situations that sometimes muddy our own eyes, if I can put it that way. Now, I'm not talking about the situations that come to us solely as a consequence of our own stupid sin, but rather the troubles and difficulties he himself has ordained for our ultimate benefit, sometimes dirty deals, sometimes muddy messes, yet spoken forth by his mouth. Now, this man has got mud in his eyes. And as with him, so with us. Washing is just what the doctor ordered in such a case. Washing by the water of the word. See Ephesians five twenty-six for that reference. For his word is truly enlightening. See Psalms 119, 130. But this scripture washing is not just the result of scholarship. Rather, it requires two key things, receptivity and obedience. Let me repeat that. Washing isn't simply looking at the water of the word. It isn't just learning about the water of the word. It isn't just in listening to the water of the word. It is in contact with the water, immersion in the water, that is, sincere receptivity and obedience. Now, some folks think that because they simply read or listen to the word, that that in and of itself is taking care of this cleansing, and that's not necessarily so. Reading the scriptures diligently and listening to those speaking it are indeed absolutely critical in the life of a believer. But you know what? It doesn't stop there, does it? Whether in the pew or in the pulpit, the heart that pleases God is the one that trembles at his word. See Isaiah 66 two, and that takes heed to it. Psalms 119.9. So all that is the first point that jumps out at us. The second is this. This gives a wonderful illustration of how God gives sight to the eyes of our heart spiritual sight. This fellow was the subject of God's attention. Now, if you go back to that story in John 9, you see Christ came to him, not the other way around. Jesus knew his condition and his situation. In like manner, whether you've considered yourself, say, a seeker or not, uh, if you're saved and a member of God's family, it's because God found you. And guess what? Mud works. It's God's way so often with those of us who are not only blind, but unfortunately satisfied with that blindness. Mud is not itself a healing balm. It's an irritant so are the situations God puts us in sometimes to eventually open our eyes. Oh, the heartaches, heartbreaks, tribulation, and sorrow, so often they're mud in the eye. But in obedience to Jesus, this guy went to the pool of Siloam to wash. Now, this pool was southeast of the old city, but Who knows how far it was? Maybe he wondered all along the way why this man, Jesus, did it this way. Have you wandered and wondered in tribulation? Does it seem to you like, maybe like this guy, you're just feeling your way along sometimes, impossible situation? Recall, no one in all of history had ever healed a person who had been born blind before. And this guy, he knew it. He knew his situation was impossible. You can see John 9.32 to sure see that. Now, he went, he washed, and he returned, seen. Dear friend, if you're in such a state, take courage. That your Siloam, your own personal Siloam, It is indeed reachable. God wouldn't send you there if it weren't. Now, how far away is it? Not too far. You'll make it. Now, wash in the water of his word. Not only will you be cleaned, but you will see for the first time what you never saw before. Not just physically, but spiritually. You see, as if to punctuate the point... The Holy Spirit demonstrates to us that this man, who first only knew his maker as someone called Jesus, that's in John 9.11, afterward he came to see him as a healer, that's in John 9.15, then a prophet, John 9.17, then as the Son of God, John 9.38. The true healing was his salvation. He saw Christ for who he is and believed. How wonderful. While the disciples were still calling Jesus rabbi, see John 9.2, this man, once doubly blind, now called him Lord. He became heavenly minded, so to speak. You know, one dear pastor friend of mine told me that since becoming devastatingly ill, he recognized the context, the context of heaven and eternity in so much more of the scripture than ever before. And you know, mud does that. It leads to new eyesight as God opens our eyes to behold wondrous things, Psalms 119, 18 to recognize our Messiah, to better know our Father, to discern His Spirit, to set our minds on things above, and thus to truly bear good fruit. Now, can you relate to this guy? I'll tell you, stumbling in the darkness of grief and sorrow. I came to my own Siloam, And I began to wash and wash and wash and wash, and it just kept going. I needed it. Gradually, my smoldering ember of hope reignited. And then, as if by the nape of the neck, the Lord took me out of the pit of self-pity and set my feet once again upon his rock. See Psalms 40, verse 2 for that. Now, in the trembling study of his word, that's where you'll see him and be reminded of what you know. God is good. Heaven is real. His promises are sure. And your heart will recognize your Savior afresh and much more clearly. You realize that it was his hand that gently applied the mud, if you would. Now, certainly, we can appreciate the application of this whole story to those who don't know the Lord, but, friends, we as Christians can also have so much more to see concerning our wondrous triune Lord. By salvation, we know him as Savior, we know him as our Lord, our King our Maker, our Bridegroom, our Father, our Comforter, and on and on it goes. But can we still see more? (laughs) Yes. Resoundingly, yes. In fact, I'm convinced that we will spend eternity doing just that. In heaven, the four living creatures, full of eyes, around God's throne, keep saying, Holy, 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 each time they see Him. Clearly, they are continually astounded and awed. But here and now, in these, can I call them, shadowlands, while we are still in a tent of flesh, we will often find him muddying up our eyes for the very same purpose, to see him more clearly. Now may the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm, and faith to trust Him. Look for our next podcast, and may you realize more of His grace today.